Just a quick word from me, your old pal Chris Yang here before we jump into the show. You've been wondering where the videos are from this season and when you can, how you can see John and Brian and Dave and Priya and Rachel and myself cooking all of this stuff. You have been pushing us for video evidence that we actually do this. Well, now you can see it if you hop on over to the Major Doma Media YouTube channel. We're posting videos from this season. And if you own an LG TV, you can see those videos there on channel 101, a.k.a. Major Domo TV. So... Please do that because we've been working super, super, super hard. And geez, Louise, would it ever be great if you all would tune in and subscribe and like and smash buttons and all that good stuff. So that's all. On to the show. Welcome to Recipe Club, where we debate the best way to cook the things you want to eat. My name is Chris Ying. I am solo hosting this episode today. Uh, this is, of course, the show where you, the listener, submit your recipes, your home recipes, so that three of America's, I guess today, most handsome gentlemen can wow. cook them, screw around with them, take them to different places, and then uh, tell you all about it. So let's let's get into our, our little game here. So... This week on the podcast, as our guests, we have Brian Ford, legendary baker, the it's gonna be one of those. Uh, uh, Brian <laughs> Brian chose our theme ingredient this week, which is chicken wings, and I'm, mm. I'm very excited about this. And playing the role of my usual co-host Dave Chang today. Is none other than John DeBerry. Hi, John. I'm Dave. Sports. <laughs> JDB, when you're, you know, like working out and you get that text message that's like, you're on today, you're playing Dave, what do you do to sort of get into character? Well, you know, I spent so much time working for and alongside Dave, David Chang, that it's just kind of like, it's just like it's. Like I hear his voice just in my head, just on a baseline level. So it doesn't mm -hmm. really require a lot of like, it's not a journey to get right. there. It's just sort of channeling. It's like plugging the, it's plugging yeah. the, the Dave's have to, like, voice input to the output. more and like, yeah, and start to like, really like, you know what? Like, and do like the hand thing. Brian, Brian, kind of like, look, look pissed, look a little more pissed off. <laughs> this dude just says he needs to breathe more. <laughs> <laughs> this episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit JiffyLube.com. 
Brian, how you been? You are you're moving bakeries. You are you are gearing up for big stuff. You're a busy man. What have you been up to? What have you been cooking? Oh yeah, man. Bakeries expanding, wholesale operations going well, some retail, you know, pop-ups are occurring as well. More details to come. Um, but yeah, you know, I got staff now and all that kind of thing. So it's it's been it's been dope, you know. Things have been cool. Almost finished my second cookbook, like almost it's actually now publishing September 24 <laughs> as opposed to next month, which was the original. The original date was like in a month, but we have, um, you know, it's just not ready, but next year it'll come out. It's almost off my desk and, you know, and the baking will continue, man. Things, things have been great, Chris. Thank you for asking. I appreciate that. What's been like surprise hit of the bakery? Like, is there is there a bread or a pastry or something that you made where you thought this is more just for me, and then people were into it? Or is there something that is there any surprises along that line? I'm doing some pastries for a coffee shop called Devotion, and um, surprisingly, they have five locations, so like my my mornings are pretty fun. Um, there's like a vegan gluten free thing I'm doing that is at first like it's annoying to me as a baker to do vegan gluten free stuff. Um, but after a while, after working with different flour blends and things like that, it, be it becomes kind of exciting. It's, you know, you yeah. get the, you get the sweetness, right. You get the flavor, right. The texture, right. And you're like, wow, this is like relatively healthy. You know, that, that becomes something people enjoy. Um, of course the cocoa bread at Tatiana people love. So I'm very proud of that one. That one's Ooh, been, yeah, I gotta get to Tatiana, um, man. Are you doing do you, are you doing production for them or did you just develop and they're doing the they're they're making the bread? I'm doing the production and the and the delivery, yeah. I do the production for um a few restaurants as well. So that's um that's it's been fun. It's been nice. It's it's more managing, you know, creating a team and and stuff like that and managing quality. Uh I don't, you know, at this point I'm not like touching every every loaf type thing, you know. This is a business, baby, you know what I'm saying? I'm trying to trying to expand that shit. You know what I'm I think you should Bro, write a self-help book called touch every loaf. I touch think. every loaf, the long ones and the small ones. I think every loaf needs love. Oh my God. Fat, skinny. Oh my God. It doesn't matter. Every loaf Vegan. should be touched. Uh, Vegan. And, and, and JDB, I, uh, my social media antenna tell me, tells me you were recently in Portland. My, my brother lives in Portland and I also have a family friend who lives in Kennebunk. Um, and so I went to Portland for two days or two and a half days, really, uh, to see him and his daughter, who's like five years old, uh, actually ate a really, really good Sichuan place that I don't remember the name of. I think it's like Sichuan garden or something. It was like very unassuming and like, you know, Portland, Maine is not like the Sichuan capital of the world. So I wasn't really expecting much, but it was actually fantastic. So, um, Shout out! Well, shout out to possibly Sichuan Garden, but we'll never know if that's the name of the restaurant. But I can probably just look it up. <laughs> shout out to them. Uh, we are we are uh, gathered today, as I said earlier, to discuss chicken wings. Now, I've been looking forward. Frankly, I've been looking forward to this episode all year. I love a chicken wing so so deeply. So. So holy with all of my heart and soul do I love a chicken wing. Uh, am I with two men who share that love? Absolutely. Without a doubt, unequivocally. <laughs> with no 
reservations or hesitations. <laughs> JDB, you're you're really quiet on the question. Yeah, I mean, I think I'm like the third, the 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 number three of the chicken wing uh, liker in this group. Mm. I actually just realized that when I was busting out the bag of chicken wings, I was like, I've never cooked these before. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I don't love chicken. I don't love meat all that much. Like just kind of just, and I'm not a hater. I just like, I just pick something else. So, um, uh, it was cool to be able to do some fry, some chicken wings, do some braising. Damn. It was like, it was a nice little intro. I feel like I've, I'm a better, a better cook now, which I guess is what the show is all about. So, all right, <laughs> let me, let me try to put on my empathetic hat here. Uh, because my first reaction, and I saw Brian Ford's eyes go up too, was shock <laughs> and dismay that you're not a chicken wing lover. L- let me try to put some context around it. You said you don't like, you don't really eat that much meat in your day to day diet anyway, as we know. Not you're not a huge either. chicken yeah. guy. Uh, but is there something about the chicken wing itself that makes it less desirable to you, or it's just lumped in with chicken and meat? I mean, it's kind of lumped in. It's just sort of like there's no particular animus toward the wing. I mean, maybe it's a bit of like mm. a – I actually kind of like the intricacies of it all and this whole sort of game of eating it. Um, rank so there's a rank little bit for of me like the a, parts of the chicken. Breast, thigh, leg, wing. I feel like I'm a drum drumstick – Drumstick, and then maybe wing, and then breast, and then whatever the hell else is left. Thigh, big thigh. Thigh, sure, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Brian Ford, same question. Wing to you. is always a disappointment. <laughs> wow. Sorry, it depends on where you <laughs> at, but I, I will say you're not wrong. I think wing does leave the biggest door open for disappointment. Yeah, you think so? I feel like. The wing calls to me no matter where I am, and it, it is a trigger for me. I see that wing and I go crazy. <laughs> if it's on the menu, I I gotta go for it. I'm, I don't care where I can see I am. you just like seeing wings. You know what I mean? I don't care where. You know, it's you know what's funny is if you go to the House of Prime Rib in San Francisco, you know what you're getting. It's a it's literally called the House of Prime Rib. You're there to eat a giant slab of meat, but. Because you might go there with family who is not, you know, there to eat prime rib, the menu always has the vegetarian option and then a fish option. You know what I'm saying? Nobody in their right mind wants to touch those things, but they're there for emergencies. I'm imagining a world in which vegetarian restaurants have a little meat option for like dad. Ah, dad's yeah. dad's wow. here. He came to the vegetarian yeah. restaurant with me. I like. This he really a lot. needs meat. He's got to get some meat. <laughs> Picture this world in which this is an acceptable social construct that at a vegetarian. Why not? Restaurant, I mean, why not? Right? Let's just let's let equal opportunity. There's gluten free options. There's you know you, you have options for all people who dine at a restaurant. So why isn't the flip script a little bit? Where you're right. If I'm well, at- because it's not like it's the prime rib restaurant only serves prime rib. You know, it's like you're not drinking prime rib wine. You know, it's like it features prime rib, but it's like a restaurant. But if you're vegetarian or if you have some other sort of dietary restriction, then I think, you know, just go somewhere else if you want to have a chicken wing. I beg to differ, John, because I assume what you're thinking there is that if I'm running a vegetarian or a vegan kitchen, most of my customers don't want to be like, Oh, I used that pan earlier to cook a piece of flesh, and now I'm sautéing your broccoli, right? Like, that's the thing? 
Or like, I don't want you frying your fish in my fryer where I fry my sweet potato fries. I think it's more like they're, you know, it's like the the identity is based on the exclusion. So if you're not excluding it, then that's not the identity. So then you just whole it's just then it's just a restaurant that mostly serves vegetables. But there are which, some, you know, would be great. But there are some grumpy dads out hmm. there who are like, I don't want my meat pan to have touched a vegetable. This is against my <laughs> Well, that's, that's like my they was. need to explore why that is with their therapist. My, my dad used to like, ask if, if, if more restaurant owners cook meat for them. Well, was that Brian? Seems all backwards. No, nah, my dad used to ask if he uh, if we thought he was a rabbit. Anytime he seen a, <laughs> he said he would say just like this: if you put vegetables on his plate, even like fucking like one spinach leaf, he would have said. You think I'm rabbits? <laughs> or you think I am rabbits? You think I'm ants? <laughs> plural. Plural is the son would say it plural, bro. Like no, no so joke. <laughs> you try to get that man. Like I remember the night he had a. Like I'm not gonna get too deep this, but <laughs> no, no, he on. had a heart failure diagnosis, and he was eating Popeyes the night of this like after seeing wow. the cardiologist he's eating a box of popeyes and i'm like hey Polly, you gotta eat you know i'm gonna make you some spinach ah no hold on you know he's like <laughs> definitely one of those like do not let a vegetable ever come across my plate uh but anyway that that i feel you chris they exist Brian, the, they exist and they should be served the, the, the plural <laughs> is absolutely murdering me <laughs> you think i'm rabbits <laughs> That's absolutely. You think I'm, what do you think I'm rabbits, Brian? <laughs> I'm completely destroyed. Uh, <laughs> my point in that long digression, I don't know if I ever got to the point. Yeah, what are you talking about? Is in this hypothetical world where they they restaurants, vegetarian restaurants, have the empathy to think of people like Brian's dad, rabbits, me. <laughs> If I went to one of these restaurants and the the only non-vegetarian offering was chicken wings and mm-hmm. had delicious vegetables, it was a wonderful vegetarian. It's the house of prime vegetables. And there's a unloved chicken wing entree for grumpy dads. I would order those chicken wings. I would eat that. That's how that's that's how much the sirens call of chicken wings speaks to me. I would too, but then it, it wouldn't be a, re- a vegetarian restaurant. I feel exactly. like once you introduce, you can't. It's like if I have a bakery, I'm like, yo, I'm a gluten free bakery, but I got a badass sourdough loaf, a stone ground, whole grain for hour. You could buy this one fucking loaf, and it's like then you're not a gluten free bakery. I don't want to. I don't want to dig all up in my bakery. I don't want to dig my heels in any deeper on this. But by that logic, House of Prime Rib, I could walk in there and be like. There's chicken on this menu. This is not the house of prime rib. Okay. This is the house of prime rib, a chicken, and a fish entree. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Yeah, but they're not saying it's the house where only prime rib. Only lives. prime rib. House. Yeah, it's the house of prime rib who dominates the house. But right. he has other minions. He or she, they, sorry, have other minions that are also existing, like the chicken wing. Okay, you, you're actually the okay. So the the house of prime rib is a. A full Sorry, domestic Chris. household. Okay, fine. Uh, I love it though. <laughs> all right, so Brian, you're the chicken wing lover. Among, do you think you're number one? Uh-huh. You're number one or number two out of the two of us? Speak to me about your affection for chicken wings. Do you like to cook them at home? Do you actually cook them at home, or you go out and eat chicken wings? Yeah, uh, both. I'm a I'm a I'm I'm a both equal opportunity player when it comes to chicken wings. I think living in New York, so you know, from New Orleans, whatever. 
So chicken, chicken, chicken is just a different animal in the South overall. It's prepared better and cooked better and just better taken care of than it is up here. However, uh, the chicken wing game up here, the buffalo wing specifically, right? Because it's a it's a culture, the buffalo wing culture. Uh, Bridget, she went to school upstate, so she's all about the wing, the wing culture. And I, the, so I like buffalo wings, but I don't like the naked fried buffalo wings that are just like, like they didn't, they don't bread it. They don't take care of it. They just like fry like poor quality chicken wings and then put a little bit of buffalo sauce on them. Dry as shit, like not good. Um, but I have found exceptional buffalo wings. I've broadened my horizons, um, but I like a good old fashioned breaded, a breaded chicken wing. I like the old school Southern style chicken wing. I like braised chicken wings. I like baked chicken wings. I like grilled chicken wings, like, you know, barbecue chicken wings, like, like all types of chicken wings, every single style of chicken wing I'll play with. Um, as for number one or number two, Chris, hmm, I don't know that I'm prepared to say I'm more of a chicken wing lover than you, but I will say that I, as y'all know, and it's been documented on this show for three seasons now, I think I love chicken more than anyone on this show. Definitely love that. chicken, verb like the broad idea of chicken more than you, but the wing itself I, I, you know, it's, it's probably the number two. Well, yeah, it's the number two after the thigh, the, the leg quarter, leg quarter, wing, breast. Nah. <laughs> well, feet. I mean, then you're talking about feet. You're talking about tenderloin is last. Um, anyway, tenderloin is garbage unless you're like, you know, in a pinch, have you, you got to go had, to Raisin Cane's. Have you ever had um, chicken like sashimi? What? I had it once in in Japan. It was really good. I had chicken. Yeah, look for real. Yeah, yeah our chicken. Like, oh, no, straight man. up time. raw chicken. It's very delicious. And it went hard. It was good. Yeah, I loved it. Okay, well, if you're saying it's good, then I'm gonna have to get my ass over to Japan quick. <laughs> just one guess. <laughs> go, go go get the raw chicken. Come back. That's it. Bring my yeah. Well, I'm, I got the shellfish allergy, so I, that's probably all I could eat. Oh, yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, so you're you're a you like it. Uh, um, battered or or floured yes. or whatever i i, I oh, tend yeah. to agree with you i do like a properly sort of you can find a, a nice double fried chicken wing where they've got the the skin perfectly mm -hmm. like shattering yeah. and crisp and almost translucent mm -hmm. like that's a delicious wing to me but i agree <sighs> it's got to be breaded it's got to be fried yeah. i don't mess oh, with yeah. the baked wing i don't mm -mm. mess with that at all that's Unless I'm at home and I don't feel like cleaning up oil, cause as we all know, is laborious and yes. really ridiculous to do at home. If it's not that kind of vibe, I might bake a wing, um, you know, <laughs> but I agree with you. I might bake a wing. You heard me in the aluminum, like wrap it in foil, then broil it, you know, get it, get them cr like, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Tender and then broil them. But you're right. <laughs> What's uh, <laughs> what are your what are your both? Go to let's say you go to a I mean, I know, John, you're spending a lot of time at Buffalo Wild Wings. <laughs> I mean, I do have the Popeyes app on my phone, so there is that. Okay, but for, okay, I want to. I want to exclude. I, I'm keeping okay. The Chepo. the wing at Popeyes is delicious. It's good, but I'm separating the wider world of fried chicken from the chicken wing itself. We're talking, and, and like Brian said, it's a culture. It's a chicken wing culture, and it's got mm -hmm. it's uh it's got certain members of this culture that I don't want to associate with. But then there are other pe there are people who are eating good wings. What do you think? What are your flavors? If you go to a menu, let me throw some at you. I'm looking at the wing stop, which has 13 different sauces and dry rubs. I'm gonna, mm -hmm. I'm gonna, I'm gonna give you this menu, and I want the two of you 
Pretend that two of you are at a wing stop together, which I know happens all the time. So this should be an easy, easy game to play. Well, there's one on the Lower East Side, so we're definitely going to make it happen. (laughs) You're going to order a a dozen wings, and you're allowed to split it into two flavors. I want you guys to decide on... You know what? Should should they be able to split it into two? Maybe they have to decide on one flavor. You guys have to pick one. Nah, come on. Let us split it. No, because then you're just going to be like, John, you can have your mango habanero and I'm going to have my, you know. Shit. Okay. Give us the flavor options. then. All right. right. Original hot. I think this is just, you know, buffalo style. Hickory smoked barbecue. It says most popular in there. Atomic. Mango habanero. Cajun. Spicy Korean Q. Mild. Hawaiian. A sweet and tangy blend of island citrus balanced with rich Asian flavors. The flavors of rich Is that Asian what the Hawaiian people. is? <laughs> so Hawaiian. So it's just it's a That's sweet and tangy one. blend of island citrus balanced with rich Asian flavors. So like Louis Vuitton and <laughs> it's just like white yeah. Mercedes. There's a floor of the Gucci store in Singapore. <laughs> uh, lemon herb oh, remix. Lemon pepper. Louisiana rub. A crispy spice dry rub with a distinctly Cajun drawl, Brian. Fuck it. Dry rub. <laughs> Garlic, <laughs> Parmesan, or plain. You guys get one flavor. Somebody's <laughs> on black. Can you repeat the first few, please? Original hot, hickory smoke barbecue, atomic, mango habanero, Cajun, spicy Korean Q, mild, and Hawaiian. And then the probably the only one you really want to think about from the dry is lemon pepper. So, John, I would go, honestly, original hot. I'm okay with that. I, I I kind of like the some like the acidity, maybe the mango habanero. That sounds in, I, okay. As long as it's not barbecue, the barbecue wings are no. there's a travesty. Like because you know what they mean by barbecue, they mean sweet baby rays. Yeah, like just like poor quality, high fructose thing. So yeah, I I play with the mango thing. That sounds like it would be actually kind of. But good I feel like to to it. commit to the full. If yeah, because if, if if it's bad, then you're stuck with you're yo. Stuck. That's what I'm saying. Original hot, it Original, seems safe. Yeah, it's probably as long as it's sauced up enough, it'll have a little kick to it. It'll be creamy, or you know, like that sounds like the best bet. And the hickory but, smoke sounds like it's going to be a bunch of fake smoke flavor. Yeah, we don't want uh, that. Uh, so I'm good, good with, smoke I'm stuff. good with the ridge. All right, you so don't want to gamble with your wings because you're exactly. stuck with whatever you get. Right. <laughs> All right, fellas. So that's an uh, one large order of original no hot drama. Do you do you do you guys want the a side of ranch or blue cheese? Blue cheese. Ooh, I could. Uh, all right, whatever. Well, I'm not. Well, I'm, more on, on. I'm not. I'm not like. I'm not one of these people that like shits all over ranch just to do. I'll eat ranch. I don't care if if you wanted ranch, John, and we were at yeah, Wingstop right now. I'd be like, fuck yeah. it, let's get the ranch. Okay. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> like that's cool. <laughs> this is the best game we've ever played. I truly, I truly this just like the do nicest episodes. date I just anyone's want... ever been on. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Think about like a date. Like you got to compromise. <laughs> I just want to do episodes with you two, where I can be your server and present you with my <laughs> options. <laughs> just, just like it's like it's like Critical Role, but like with it's a restaurant. Critical Role with a restaurant. Let's just spin off Recipe Club. The three of us. I'll just be your. I'll be your server today. Is the name of the podcast, and it's just Brad and John. Yes. hypothetically eating dinner together where i'm serving them food um i want to do just a couple of quick little shout outs to some of my favorite wings before we get into today's recipe uh because there's always this debate of are you a flats person meaning like the little flappy part of the wing are you a drumette person the little leggy part of the wing (laughs) and And nobody cares about the tips the tips are just like you got to chew on those when the rest runs out Mm -hmm. i'm a flats man 
Brian, are you a flats man or are you a drumette? I'm a drumette boy. I'm more meat on that. Don't even play. Yeah, you there's dig more right in with your mouth. You could dig. You could take that big old juicy bite. You, you looking at a bowl of wings? You tell me you ain't gonna take the big old juicy drumette. You no. gonna take a flat one? I will. I will. I will hide all the flats. I will take those flats and squirrel them away oh. and eat them all myself. Why? I, I'm curious. <sighs> the flat is just this perfect muscle of you know short, fatty, stubby little muscles. Super tender meat. A perfect. Like fried correctly, where they're like actually cooked through, and the skin has rendered, and the fat is rendered. It's yeah. a perfect yeah. combination of skin and fat. The drumette, you can still get like cartilage. You can still get chunks of dryness. Is not a problem for the wing, for the flat. Dryness can be a problem <laughs> for the drumette. Yeah, you're 100. percent And right, I just actually. think it's it's you know you don't duck wings are not as good. I feel like because ducks kind of like ducks be mm. bucks, ducks are flapping. They're using that muscle. Yeah. So they're tougher and oh, so they're they're ripped. But so these they, yeah. these fat lazy chickens are just like <laughs> so they're just like fat little flats are so delicious. Um, well, because they're bred to have tiny little useless wings, so they can't fly away. Yes, we call that nature's miracle. <laughs> <laughs> we they're bred to have big they're big top heavy breasts, useless wings, and big useless. fat thighs. Um, exactly. I think I'm a flat. That's my bad. I think I'm guy. a flat. You're back in. Uh, yeah. Chris, I think you, I think you exposed me as the number two <laughs> because my impulsiveness, yeah, to, my impulsiveness to just grab the, the thick fat leg looking one. And I'm going to, I'm going to be honest. To, I'm going to be completely honest. There's a lot of times where you bite into one of those and it's just like chewing. It's like rubber, it's like gristle, like, oh, man. man. Dry as hell. Like, when you get the ones that are too, the drumettes that are too big. Yeah. Sure. We're like, impulsively, you're like, oh yeah, I'm going to get that. But most of the time they're a little chewy. Yeah. So you get the I big drumette me just now. and you're, you're thinking to yourself. They run out of drumettes and just throw a drumstick in here. <laughs> this thing is too big. <laughs> yeah, is too yeah. Big. Sometimes they're like too big. It's the onion ring that sneaks into your your container. The curly fry <laughs> that sneaks into your straight fries. You know what I mean? So, all right, I, yeah. I'm gonna move on. I'm gonna move yeah. on. I swear to God. But the the one thing I want to shout out is the 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 highest art form to me of the fried chicken wing is not a boneless wing, not a boneless wing, which is just a little nugget. I'm talking about mm. when the Chefs go to the trouble of deboning the wing mm. itself, the flat. Mm -hmm. And Whoa. this is at like Den in Tokyo or Bennu. Like they'll do this server chicken wing. At like Bennu, they'll stuff it with abalone and then fry it. And then it's all the deliciousness of the wing what? without any trouble yeah. with the bones. That is outrageous. Wow. Yeah, I experienced that. I, I kid you not. Chris, you could check it out if you want. It's in North Hollywood. I, when I was just in L.A., in January, February, there's some pizzeria in North Hollywood on whatever the little art strip boulevard is. Yeah. And they did that. And I never in my life had that. And that shit was a game changer because you just, it was just no bone. Yeah. But it was actual, it was deboned properly. And it was like almost still in the shape of the wing. And you were just going, just eating it all whole. And I was like, this is some crazy. This is nuts. <laughs> I almost think you this need like nuts. a license to eat those. Or there's got to be some kind of limit. You know what I mean? There got to be laws around that. Because if, if I could just eat as many of those boned out yeah. flats as I could, oh, yeah. I would kill myself. I would die eating them. I would have no self control. You could eat as You're many like boned out flats. <laughs> yeah, I would. I would just. Homer myself.
I would wing myself to death. <laughs> I'm really working through some shit today, guys. I didn't I think, know. I, I think, I think yeah. Chris, I think you actually are number one. I didn't know yeah. I felt yeah, this. Yeah, I, was, he, I didn't that, know. Yeah, I didn't, you, like, yes. We're discovering a lot. I did about not know you. about this yeah. about myself either. But I, <laughs> it's come to light. It's come to light, and it's 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 genuine. You're the number one wingman. All right. So on this show, as as we always do, we put out the call for your home chicken wing recipes. We got back a good number of them, including mom's braised chicken wings by Yimei Yang, salted egg yolk and garlic chicken wings by Jason Chin, sweet and sour apple cider chicken wings with cilantro by Katie Rafa, Hmm. bacon cheeseburger wings by Matt Schaefer, and chicken wing karaage and mochi waffles by David Lefkowitz. Uh, Brian, I know which one you chose. JDB knows which one you chose. Tell the listeners and explain why. Mama braised chicken wings. Mama, moms. <laughs> um, and the the reason why I chose this one is because uh, I actually wanted to. I actually wanted to learn a little bit. I wanted to cook with ingredients I don't use often. Uh, I wanted to. I'm, I'm, you know, I kind of, I wanted to cook something delicious, you know, I wanted to make something really good, something that would, I could take my time making. Um, and, and like I said, use ingredients, I'm not using that often in my cooking. And now, you know, I got some, some leftovers in the kitchen, right? So then I'm gonna start dab, dabbing into it. Um, so that's why I chose it. It's, it seems like a real recipe. It seems like there's some, uh, memories attached to it and a nice little story behind it. And, uh, that sounds like something I want to eat for dinner. You know, mm-hmm. mama's braised chicken wings. Like, I'm like, yo, you don't even have to tell me twice to show up. If you tell me you're going to have mama's braised chicken wings at the table, like I'm there. So Hell yeah. uh, that's why I that one. Um, yeah, I, I, I fully agree with you. you. Those those are trigger words for me, as we now know. I'm a chicken wing psychopath. <laughs> yeah, like, are you okay moms, under, the, under the table, Chris? It could be like mom's. Where's your It could just be mom's braised spare bike tire, and I'd be like, yeah, that sounds all right. I'm down. I'm, I'm down for that. Let's go. Mom braised it. Let's have that. Uh, yeah. I also, I also, I didn't get to, I didn't read this little head note that uh, may sent, uh, that the story you're talking about, and I read it before cooking the recipe, and frankly, you know, I was moved by this because her story is very, very similar to my family story. My grandmother moved to Taiwan from China to flee the Cultural Revolution. Uh, they were a well-off family, just like Yimei's family. Uh, she says here, my grandfather was a statesman, so they kind of had a head start. And then shortly after, he was installed as the mayor of a small city in Taiwan. They grew up with drivers and cooks. My mom grew up with that. Her her mom, you know, they never the kids never learned how to cook or anything like that. And so basically, the story is, Yimei said, "This you should be a duck dish," and they would hack up a duck and and braise it with you know whatever ingredients um and when they got to taiwan it sort of changed again and then when her family when her mother moved to houston it changed again where they had to figure out how to make this family recipe using whatever was available to them and what was available to them and uh, common all over the place were cans of pickled jalapenos and carrots so this recipe basically has you break down the chicken wings, fry those uh, in oil or, or pan fry them just until they're sort of brown and starting to puff up, which I thought was a nice description. You set those aside and then into the pan you go Sichuan peppercorn, uh, doubanjiang, which is spicy chili broad bean paste, 
a um, little bit of garlic, and then soy, two kinds of soy sauce, Shaoxing wine, sugar, a little MSG, and then just enough water or broth to cover. And then you're just braising these wings until they're, you know, falling off the bone. It is, I made this right before. The reason I was, I was, I was late to record with these guys today because I was in our studio making the original version of this just to test it out and, and film it. Boys, this thing is very, very delicious. It is like <laughs> the fucking flavor of the world. It's yeah. immigration and poverty and wealth and spices and sugar and man it is is righteous home cooking. The jalapenos make all the sense in the world in there. So that's the original recipe, and I'm I'm giving a sort of extra detailed description of this recipe because we have some funny restrictions that we put on ourselves this time around. <laughs> And if you if you're a listener to Recipe Club, you know we cook this recipe the original way, and then we take a spin on this wheel of death, which I have behind me, which gives us all a different constraint under which we need to try to adapt the recipe. And I I gave that description because I started imagining to myself, okay, this recipe comes from China to Taiwan to Houston to our various kitchens, and it's not that hard to imagine another another migration. Right. So what happens if this family moves to, let's say, West Africa, where John DeBerry was assigned to take this dish or, or Dave was and John DeBerry adopted this very difficult task or the family moves to Miami, the home of the South Beach diet. Yeah, no, I'm serious. Like younger generations, like imagine this. Imagine Nime's kids are like, oh, we love mom's wings, but it's like, it's not healthy. There's too much sugar in there, whatever, whatever, whatever. I'm going to try to make this healthier. Like, that's a very imaginable thing. And yeah. my assignment was Greece. <laughs> I had to turn this into Greek food, which was, yeah. my first reaction to this was, fuck this. <laughs> this is the steepest task <laughs> in the fucking world. I hate this. But that's crazy because you could, there's there's no reason in the world why her family couldn't have, migrated from Taiwan to Athens. There's literally no reason why this could have been the case. Like, like married what, a Greek person. Married a Greek person and just, or lived in yeah. lived in Greece and was just like, I want a taste of home. Here are the ingredients available to me. So I actually, that's why I love, I mean, this version of the show where you can see like a real reason for these things being, I really, really love it. So anyway, that is, that is the places we're about to take this chicken wing recipe for mom's <laughs> raised chicken wings. Uh, who wants to go first, Brian? It's your episode. Why don't you Why don't you start us off with how you made this dish? Oh boy, a little healthier. Oh boy, <laughs> a little South Beach diet. And what the hell is the South Beach diet? Did you look that up? Well, I am an expert in the South Beach diet now um, <laughs> because, first of all, I want to call out the fact that that like I I had come onto this show to pick this after a little bit of an absence, not by choice, I guess, just timing and stuff like that. And, you know, I'm doing the last episode and all of a sudden they're like, yo, the wheel's completely different <laughs> and you have like 10 seconds to choose some, all this, I don't even know what happened. And they're like talking about these diet trends. I'm like, and I had to choose. I have no clue, nothing about these diets. I've never in my life once ever gave these things a second thought, bro. <laughs> so I was put into this South Beach diet scenario. Um, and at first during my research, I was like, ah, well, there's multiple phases of it. And in the last phase, you can eat whatever you want. No, and then I saw the no, little no, prep no. document. Oh, no. <laughs> no, 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 no. I saw the prep document. I, I wasn't going to play that fool 
You know, I could have though. I was I was really tempted to. I would have. Hey, is that really part of the South Beach diet? That like you go through the phases and then the end, you're just like go buck wild. I think the I think phase three allows you to eat. Here, let me let me actually let me read phase three. Where where's this shit? Because phase uh, three sounds like a test. Phase three sounds like the kind of thing that. I, I don't have it up. Phase three sounds like a cop me, out but... for the South Beach diet people because they're like, well, on phase three, you ate whatever you wanted and then you gained all the weight again. So it's not our fault. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it pretty much that's what I gathered that you could slowly integrate your diet back. So I was like, okay, so how is this a challenge? But of course, I look at our document, it says phase one because yeah. that's the hardest phase. It's when you eliminate all starches, uh... rice, fruits, sugar, <laughs> alcohol, everything. I mean, you know, besides lean meat um, and certain things. So, I started doing a little deep dive here and I pulled up on some websites, the approved proteins for the South beach diet. Okay. And chicken wings have a big red X on them. Oh, right? chicken wings and legs and duck and any fatty poultry have a big red X. Now chicken breast, boneless, skinless is okay. Uh, fish is okay. Uh, certain types of beef and lean pork are okay. And ladies and gentlemen, this is where I present to you the fact that I used pork cheeks. All right. I used pork cheeks. Okay. Because no one wants to eat a skinless chicken wing. I wasn't going to do it. I'm so sorry. I am so sorry. Couldn't do it. So I used pork cheeks. Pork cheeks are apparently very lean and they're not they're not disallowed from the South Beach diet. Although not explicitly allowed, they're also not disallowed. I thought about using tenderloin. Uh, and then I did a little more research about Sichuan cooking. And it seems like pork belly might be the preferred pork for this style of braise, but pork belly is super fat. So I thought that the pork cheek could make it a little more similar. You know, give me that little bite that I'm looking for when I want a chicken wing and also try to adhere to the restriction. All right. So I had, it was, that's the judgment call. And you know, it is what it is. I thought it was kind of dope. And I feel like I got, I captured the essence of this dish with it, uh, without compromising the integrity of, I, I'm sure y'all could tell I lost weight, you know, with my South, yeah, I have my little South beach, you know, I got the cheeks a little slimmed up when I ate this. As soon as I ate this meal, I lost like five pounds. Like, fucking it was crazy yo it was insane how this diet now was um so I, so i so i never really cook, cook with Sichuan peppercorns before um those are okay garlic from what i understand from the uh countless south beach diet phase one recipes i've looked into use garlic um i use a soy sauce so, so uh soybean base soy things seemed fine um i excluded the sugar of course i kept the msg uh i used some low fat chicken broth which also was supposedly fine vegetable oil is somehow fine in a diet in in, in a in a diet you know apparently it's not great whatever i used the vegetable oil so um and excluded the carrots because you can't use roots or starchy veggies all right so i'm just laying out the playbook for y'all about like how i tried to do the research you heard me and like you know what i'm saying i cooked it i cooked it with the same with the methodology as described you know hit the hit the, i hit the pork cheeks quick removed them um i did use the wine because i think you mostly cooks off the alcohol and i think 
the idea behind no alcohol in a diet is so that, you know, you don't get a calorie, you don't just like drink your calories. So from a flavoring perspective, like I, fi- I figured that was fine. Sorry, I'm rambling, but I'll finish up no, quickly. No. I think the most important thing for me that I included also was the dobanjang. The dobanjang, which is Yeah, fine. because so I, I researched it again. Like I said, I don't use these ingredients often. So I wanted to, with the diet restriction, I was trying to figure out, but there's, there's wheat, there's flour in this, apparently. I'm sure it's in small amounts. But I was like, uh, I was like is this breaking the diet because it includes wheat flour? Hmm. Potentially, but I feel like apparently this comes from such an, a unique place and, and creates such a unique flavor profile. Uh, replacing it with something else, I feel like would have been more detrimental to the overall dish. So I, I decided to keep it in. I'm sure the wheat amount in there was as negligible as the the alcohol that didn't cook off from the wine. So I decided to keep those two things in, even though I know they might be technically not South Beachy. But hey, I feel like I try to follow that playbook. Uh, no rice, which was really disappointing because holy mm. hell, man, how you going to eat something like this without <laughs> white rice? But uh, in phase three, you can have brown rice. That's when I got excited. I was like, oh, shit, I can have brown rice. <laughs> but I didn't deviate from the actual procedure. Uh, I followed it exactly step by step. Um, it was absolutely delicious. Uh, you know, I think it was missing the sugar a little bit. I think the sugar was probably critical to this dish but i think just straight up adding sugar uh was wrong msg is is more of a salt-based scenario and umami i thought that was perfectly fine to leave in although again i I don't know the deep dive of this diet but i wasn't going to exclude that (laughs) because i mean i wanted it to be delicious so yeah i mean again sorry sorry to ramble i wanted to kind of like give you my thought process but um this was really yeah, it was really interesting. I mean, it was one of the most delicious things I made on Recipe Club. That I, I will wow. say that. Um, and I, but you know, it was this is good. I mean, this pork cheeks are great. I've, I've cooked pork cheeks a few times. Um, how long did you? How phenomenal. long did you braise the pork cheeks? Uh probably just like an hour. Okay, I think it was about roughly an hour. No, no more than that. Um, there's a little bit of fat in them, so but so it doesn't need. It may it might have been more of a forty five minute thing. Let let me let me try to dial it in in my brain, but I didn't want to go too long with it. Um, and it was very very tender. It was very 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 tender, and it was perfect. I mean this this flavor profile was really. I think the paste the um, oh fuck it dumb dumb <laughs> Yeah, good. Yeah, that that was the difference maker easily easily. Yeah, yeah. There's no way that it would have come together flavor wise without that so i'm like really happy i fucked with that i'm sorry uh, that sounds that delicious man today, that sounds guys. that sounds <laughs> no that sounds delicious i mean pork cheeks are pretty fatty but like listen yeah if you skated by the 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 rules the letter of the law that's fine with me you know what's what's crazy though after tasting this original version and uh thinking about what you that list of proteins this would be really really good with fish actually if you did mm-hmm. like some fish collars or something like that like you know the like the same sort of fatty like sucking the meat off of like the little Dang. bones and stuff some yeah. hamachi collars or salmon collars that would have been really really good too but pork cheek sounds super delicious man i'm glad i'm glad no, that that's works. a nice flex chris you're right that's a nice flex no that would have been <laughs> it's iterative bro it's iterative i never would have got there without your research i uh and I'm, I'm glad you said that you did sort of miss the sugar because i tasting this like the sugar, well, there's so much umami and so much like 
high yeah. impact stuff. A little sugar to balance it out makes a difference, but I'm glad it was delicious. Yeah, anyway. I know for sure. Uh, JDB, take us to West Africa, buddy. Um, let's see. So I looked at this recipe um, for the wings, and um, you know, I, for, I don't know. Backing up, maybe like I, I was given West African cuisine. I actually I have this. Um, this Kwanzaa cookbook that I got at this amazing secondhand bookstore in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania called the Midtown Scholar. And it's written by this professor of like African-American studies. And it's this compendium of all of these like diaspora recipes. And it's like one of the best cookbooks I've ever used, like both from like a recipe standpoint and also just like the dishes that you make. Uh, so I paged through it looking for like a very West African recipe. Um, and you know, the biggest, like the kind of blockbuster West African dish is like jollof rice. Uh, so I wanted to do a jollof rice. The one in that book was a little bit complicated. It had a bunch of like meat things thrown in there. And it was just sort of like a bit, um, not quite right to do like a fusion. Cause you see like the rice in the recipe. It's just like, start your rice cooker and just eat this with rice. So it's obviously like a really good opportunity to throw in the fusion element to it and make the rice something special. Um, so I found a New York times recipe, um, by Yawande, uh, Komolafe, and it was also a great, great cooking video. If you go watch it, it's like just a very charming, very informative video. And the jollof rice recipe, uh, it relies on this um, sauce called obeata, which is basically like pureed red pepper and jalapeno and garlic and tomatoes. Um, and then you almost, it's almost, it has sort of like a risotto vibe in a way, but that you basically like cook the rice in this sauce. Um, and I was tempted to use the rice cooker, but I actually just like, I have a Dutch oven. So what you do is you park, parboil the rice, you throw in, um, the obiata sauce plus like more garlic and like more seasoning, like turmeric and smoked paprika. And then you basically just throw it in the oven for, I don't know, like, like 45 minutes. Uh, and then it just gives you this like super fluffy, really delicious, like, you know, orangey yellow rice that's like perfectly seasoned and also has that like kind of like crusty like element of it where like the rice hits the hits the pot and you have this like nice little crunchy element to it um so that was like the rice that i used for for the chicken wings and then i just made the chicken wings just as is um really straightforward like i, I actually i almost chickened out with the sugar and i'm glad i didn't because it definitely you definitely it seems like you need it um, and so then I just plated it with like the rice and then I just poured the, the wings with like the braising liquid over it. And then the recipe the, for the, for the jollof rice, um, called for like, you, you like cook a lot of onions and you like reserve half of them as like garnish after, uh, after you're done with like the full, like, you know, oven experience. Then I just like drizzled the, the cooked red onions over the top of it. And it was, Whew. it hit really hard. <laughs> it's really good. Louise. That sounds incredible, dude. Yeah. That sounds insane. Uh, that sounds that sounds so delightful. Much, so much rice in my refrigerator now. Uh, you got me licking my lips, bro. And wow. so as um as as fans of Joloff yeah. Rice know, there is an ongoing debate known colloquially as the Joloff Wars. It's a debate of whether Joloff Rice is Nigerian or Ghanaian. Uh, right, John. Why don't you weigh in on this and tell us once and for all whether Jollof rice well, as, belongs as to the, the authority of <laughs> African cuisine? I don't, I don't, I don't know anything about that. But basically, the the, the recipe developer you one day uh, is, is 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 a Lagos native. So I'm using 
whatever whatever the case may be in terms of like the authority and like the validity of jollof rice's origin this this recipe appears to be a very like at least somewhat rooted in the nigerian versions of it because it is a family recipe of hers so See, I love, That's I love that. I love. See, this is a cool version of of this fusion idea because you you said you made the chicken wings just according to, mm-hmm. you know, and, and and then you had jollof rice and like I sort of imagine just like this is what happens when you live in a part of the world where you have heterogeneous cultures <laughs> and oh, you can yeah. like, have some like, i'm just imagining like oh i live in this really amazing cosmopolitan part of the world and i have some jollof rice in my fridge and i have these leftover chicken wings and uh <laughs> what if i just ate these together and, like, and like, or like holy shit it's even yeah. better together <laughs> like that's a cool yeah. different version than other stuff that we have done so that's a fun and i love this recipe i love the wings recipe too because i got to i i've i cook with you know asian stuff all the time but like thick soy sauce was a new one for me and i also needed an excuse to buy to buy some msg so um now i'm stocked on msg in this this house (laughs) i uh i also buy stocked us this recipe calls for 1.5 teaspoons of sichuan peppercorn and i went to the grocery store to buy them for the studio and hopefully nobody from ringer spotify business affairs is listening right now but i was like "Eh, 20 pound bag should do it (laughs) (laughs) my assignment was to fuse this with grease and i think that when brian and dave gave me this there was some degree of schadenfreude happening here like nobody wanted grease is like a tough pull guys to to mash up with chinese and so just put some feta in there (laughs) okay so it was (laughs) it's really hard like i don't know a lot about greek food i don't i don't actually know a lot of people who do know a ton about greek food and so yeah my first yogurt so yeah that's my my first instinct was just like all of these stupid you know lowbrow ideas of like oh throw some feta on there drizzle some make it a souvlaki grill it you know and and just wrap it in grape leaves and call it a dolma and i was just like thinking on such like a basic lowbrow level and i was just trying to be like you know kind of gimmicky and stunty and just thinking about what are the greek dishes people actually know about and can i make this into one of them can i serve this like literally i was like Wrap it in grape leaves? I don't know. Fuck this. Who cares? <laughs> like, but then I sat down and I read that head note. And I really did start thinking about like, okay, what if, what if mom had left Taiwan like my family did and came to America and just didn't have any idea of what they were going to encounter? I remember my mom arrived in, in Arizona and she saw these, these Arizona girls eating salad. And she was like, what? She's like, Are you guys rabbits? <laughs> <laughs> and i'm just like she was like shocked by this ants? and so are we am i ants am i ants and I was just like, yes. no that was my mom's experience arriving in this country and you know i just thought <laughs> shit what if what if mom arrived in in greece and she wanted to make this dish it's the one it's according to this head note you know it's like the one thing she really knew or learned how to make so she's trying to make this flavor of home so then i thought I really wanted to. Do, I really wanted to just go to a Greek market and just buy what I could find, um, uh, like substitutes. Imagine myself in Greece. Uh, I wasn't about to drive uh, three hours to get to the closest Greek market, so I didn't do that. But then I started thinking about each of these individual components and how I could replace 
some of them. And so she says in here, you know, basically they would just braise this thing with anything they had fermenting at home, garlic, long beans, vegetables, pickled oh, yeah. peppers, whatever. And so I started thinking like, okay, what is, what is like the quintessential Greek fermented vegetable? And then I was like, oh, why was I being so stunty and annoying? Like olives, <laughs> like the entire <laughs> olive bar is prime, oh, right? So okay. my first step was I walked up to the olive bar and I basically picked anything Greek, <laughs> all the different olives. There was like a, like some pickled peppers and pickled carrots and, and olives and all of this. I didn't, I didn't do anything with like feta. I didn't do anything gnarly, but I just like, I need a base of pickled vegetables. So I had that. And then I thought about, okay, what else can I, can I do with some of these other ingredients? So instead of doubanjiang, I was like, okay, what is the fermented chili paste of Greece and the Mediterranean and I did start browsing some Greek menus, but while it is North African, Harissa is, you know, part of that entire region. And I was like, that is basically North African dobanjang. It's chili paste. It's spicy. It's delicious. It's super umami. So I got some Harissa. Uh, they, she said that they added dark soy sauce for color. And so I was like, okay, dark soy sauce, thick soy sauce. What can I do to like give some just like for color and, and maybe a little bit of, uh, uh, you know, whatever. I, I wanted to find some sweet element. And so I picked pomegranate molasses, which is like has the exact same viscosity as, as dark thick soy sauce. I added that to it. And um, the last thing I did was, oh, instead of soy sauce. So I need some kind of like some kind of flavorful umami seasoning. And um, I didn't want to just, I was, I was like, well, if mom moved to Greece, they probably have soy sauce. But then I thought, no, no, no. <laughs> Let's go back to ancient Greek times <laughs> where in, in that entire Mediterranean region and as well as like the, the Middle East, the Levant, were the first people to use garum. So garum comes from ancient Greece and the Phoenicians and Romans, which is basically just fish sauce that they would ferment in these huge vats outside. So garum is fish sauce <laughs> so it's like i'm just going to use some fish sauce as my seasoning component and then a bunch of sugar oh by the way mm. and then i want a ton of greek olive oil just to extra greek this fucking thing up oh yeah <laughs> so, like... now you get points for that you get points for that <laughs> that's real so i fried the hell i fried them till they were like brown and, and a little bit uh puffy took those all out set them aside on the on the pot lid drained off a little bit of the oil but kept uh, a good amount of it added the all of those chopped up olives and peppers and carrots and fermented goodies from the olive bar, uh, minced garlic, the harissa, and oh, and the other thing I found was again, it's like a North African ingredient that you can see throughout the Mediterranean, but uh, cured lemons, like preserved lemons. Mm -hmm. So I took a little bit of preserved lemon peel, which you can buy in these jars. I chopped that up, and that I, I was that was just like a total. I'm just gonna throw one more thing in here, and it turned out to be. I think the best part about this whole dish was just like the occasional little burst of brightness and acidity and, and floral flavor. Sauteed all that together, added the chicken wings back in, covered it with a little bit of water, a tiny little nugget of chicken bouillon or a little scoop of chicken bouillon out of the jar because it asked for broth, um, sugar, let it bubble and bubble for 45 minutes. And then it just so happened that Recipe Club Wedgie, Rachel Kong, and her husband Eli were coming over for dinner. So I dragged Rachel <laughs> into eating this thing. And um, it was insane. 
It was mm, like sounds good. It was so fragrant and spicy and a little, you know, and and a little tart and super super umami. The sugar really helps balance things out. And I'm eating it, and there's not a single Chinese ingredient in this bucket <laughs> of food. And Rachel and I are both eating it, and we're like, it tastes Chinese. Mm. And I know it's a joke that every time I cook something, it feels like it's Chinese because of just the Chinese flavor inherent to my hands that makes its way into <laughs> wow. the food. But like, shit tasted Chinese. It was it was yeah. a total trip that I could, you know, because I mean, it's also because like I have memories of eating these kind of braised chicken wings. And Brian, I don't know how much like you, we talked a lot about fried chicken wings, but I don't know how much like braised chicken wing you, you've eaten. Not so much. But like this Not is so a much. super Chinese thing. And part of it was that, but it was just, you know, these slippery little wings over rice was outrageous um man it was uh it was really 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 good so that was my greek damn greek fusion version of mama's braised chicken wings i can't stop thinking about mama's braised bike tires uh and that's the three that's the three approaches we took to this recipe I feel like, man, y'all had a whole, literal whole new world opened up to you to cook this shit. And like, I'm like, I had my hands tied behind my, I lost lost 15 pounds, but damn, man, hearing, hearing the way y'all cook this, no, like legit low key or high key, man, this might be the most delicious episode I've ever participated in, in terms of the way y'all have both described like what you did. I mean, come on, man. Going into different parts of the world to make this kind of dish, man, that sounds real delicious, bro. No, man. Y'all, y'all I see you. I see y'all. All no, right. I think I think there's something to all of it. I mean, I'll, I'll say this really quick. I was thinking that as I was listening to you guys describe yours and just thinking about how, John, I'm assuming this was out of your comfort zone on multiple levels in, in, in a lot of ways or just like a learning experience. Brian, like you had to learn about this diet. <laughs> like it's a real thing. Like you actually learned about it. I had no idea what Greek food was. And I was like, I fucking love this show. I love when we actually That's get true. pushed to learn something like John's not, I'm kidding about the Joloff wars. I'm not going to make John pretend to be an expert. I am not a Greek <laughs> man. I mean, I'm definitely a better cook now. That's yeah, like for right? sure. That shit's fun. Um, I mean, all right. So rice like that. Mm. I know, dude. Uh, all right, so the today in our in our production booth, we've got Gabby, Corey, and Victoria. They are going to deliberate in there. Their job is to judge uh, the three of us and decide on a first, second, and third place. But while they're doing that, I'll give you all a quick uh, update on the season standings here as they are currently in front of me. In first place, with a average score of nine point four. John DeBerry in a two-way tie for second place with 9.25 points is Priya Krishna and Brian Ford. In third place by the slimmest of margins with 9.06 is Dave. In fifth place is Rachel with 9.00. And as I have been all season long, just living in a fucking basement, Mm. smoking weed and playing video games. Uh, (laughs) 8.72, just with the lowest GPA of us all, just a loser in the basement. Um, All right, Booth, do you have updated scores for me? I think Chris could win this. I'm about to. Um, Great job, everybody. Really interesting episode. So for this week in third place, we have Brian. 
Wow. Um, but everyone did a really good wow. job. In second, we have JDB. And in first is Chris this week. Damn. Brian, dude. Just why, no- hey, hey, uh, why y'all gave me third place? <laughs> Tell me. <laughs> Tell me right now. Don't play with me. Yeah, Gary. Answer that question. What, I, what, I, what could I have done better to adhere to the South Beach <laughs> diet phase one? <laughs> Everyone did a really good job. <laughs> Uh, I love it. I was just playing with you. All right, everybody. I, everybody I know you're going to hold me back from first place. I understand the, the this like that movie, uh, The Adjustment Bureau. Where, like, they got to like adjust my movements. What? <laughs> oh, shit. So this has, this has had some nominal effect on the score. Um, I'm still eating gummy bears in the basement. Uh, but now in a tie for fourth place, having dropped from 9.25 to 9.00, Brian and Rachel, which That's gives Dave sole possession of third place with 9.06. Oh. He's crawling back up. On an episode he wasn't so, even so. on, thanks to this JDB, is, he's crawling up. This is clear and obvious tampering with Brian's uh, ability to succeed. <laughs> this is, you know, listen, I, I look... I fuck with the judges, y'all. I, I play with it. Like, I play with y'all. I love y'all. Y'all my family. <laughs> but I don't see how it could have been so quick. <laughs> I don't see how. Y'all had a motherfucker studying this shit like I studied for the CPA exam, this diet. <laughs> I was studying. I basically went back to school for this shit, guys. You know how fucking Dude, you know how busy I am? You know how much shit I had to do all day that I was reading this shit for hours about, hmm, does MSG have any sugar? <laughs> Or where is there a, a gram of wheat here? And you know, I'm trying to make this analysis. Hey, bro! And y'all was just like, "You got third place." All, All right. I gotta say is, I seen you. I know how you feel, dude. <laughs> uh, <laughs> now in second place, so Priya is now in in uh, second place alone. Brian left her mm-hmm. to fall into fourth. Uh, but JDB, you're still in possession of first with nine point three three. But that that uh. I went down. That Christian lady is nipping at your heels. I'm slipping. Is she coming for you. Um, there's still there's still some time this season to write these write the ship. I mean, not for me. I just live in this basement. I live in my parents' basement forever. I'm about to come live with you. Kid. <laughs> that's what, it, that, that's where I'm headed. That's where the judges want me to be. They want me to be down there smoking weed with you. Let's light up the spliff, baby. Play FIFA. Come on. I'll beat that Ooh, as in FIFA don't then. Joke. Don't hey, joke. don't play with me. I'll play with you. Know let's go. Let's go. Uh, we've got, we've still some time with a couple more episodes. Brian, the next time you're on the show, you will be, we will be cooking with instant potato flakes. Uh, it, it remains to be seen whether JDB will get another call up for the Dave roll. Um, it's possible. Uh, you got a lot to choose from. A lot of people submitted instant potato flake recipes, including Cindy Nelson, who wants us to make fancy mashed potatoes. Mary Bennett, who, you know, we already did a Mary Bennett recipe, right? Black garlic mashed potato balls. I want to just, I'm just going to say, let's give somebody else a chance. Is it too late to ask for submissions and what I would want to happen? I think it's too late. Because you're about to pick your recipe. (laughs) Oh, I'm about to pick it. Oh, did, oh shit! That's man. I'm scrubbed. Did I get the email already? Where is that? Kirsten, I'm reading them to you now. Kirsten Westlow has sent oh. in a recipe for LeBlanc family's Acadian style tourtière, which is what 
I don't know what it like, is. I can't like, access it. Like Acadia, like real Acadia. Acadia, yeah. Like Louisiana Acadian style. I think so for a tour tour tier. Uh, French Canadian meat pies. I've got a little note down here. Thank you, Gabby, for translating that for me. Uh, Brandon Dean wants us to make sourdough bread. Uh, Adam Sofren wants to make baked Alaska meatloaf. Hannah Vickers wants dad's butter horns. (laughs) (laughs) Catherine. Dad's what? Dad's butter horns. Dad's famous butter horns. My dad was the baker in our house. He found baking as a recovering alcoholic as a young adult. I moved overseas and missed holidays with family. Avid baker. It's a handwritten recipe. I don't know what a butter horn is, bro, but it's got potato flakes in it. I tell you what, low key, this shit sound kind of dope. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I have. Completely... It's like it's like an old piece of loose leaf paper. You seeing this shit? <laughs> Look at this. I know. It's like, I know. I'm that's at like it. from like the 1993 or something. Like, okay. Catherine Cunningham, frequent submitter. Potato candy. Alexandra Flowers has a recipe for Thanksgiving dinner. And Eric Mensch has instant potato lefse. What is Thanksgiving dinner? Dude, I'm literally reading Dad's Butterhorns. I think he shoot the Butterhorns. This is insane. <laughs> this is there's so much going on with the butterhorn recipe. Like I'm so into it, I can't. Even I see am it. I'm really, I'm really excited about it. It's got this great story there. Obviously, I'm a baker, so, um, I, I mean, I, I'm gonna go with Dad's butterhorns, yo, because I think this is gonna be. It's kind of like a puzzle. It looks like a puzzle. I'm not gonna say too much more because this is about to go kind of hard, and uh, we're gonna go with Dad's butterhorns. I'm excited to see what shape all these. I don't want. I think that the the qualification for butterhorns is with this recipe because it's very it's very bare bones and it's obviously a baked good. I think that none of us should be able to Google. I mean, frankly, none of us should Google because who knows what you're gonna I turn won't. up if you Google no, Dad's butterhorns. I will not. <laughs> I put it on my life because this looks way too fun to attack. I want to attack it. Real and raw and on the moment. I can't. <laughs> Damn, dude. All right. I mean, chill out. Dad's butter horse. Uh, I'm going to give a spin. Who wants to be? This is this is Brian's spin. First spin on the wheel of death to find out. I can't see the whole wheel. What constraint he will be using to cook this thing. All right. I'll give it another spin because I was. Yeah, you. Ta- you I tampered with the results. I can't even see the result. You Don't landed on double me. taxation, bro. So what does that mean? That means as the winner of this episode, I get to pick two of these constraints for you to, to work with. Uh, we'll decide on those in a second. Oh, JDB, this spins oh, for you, shit. buddy. What am I? You getting? are going to. Oh, get... this is for Dave. Oh, for Dave. Unless I get Dave's unless I get called fusion. back in. All right, so let's let's sit here as I spin mine. Let's think about what we want Dave to fuse Dad's butterhorns to. <laughs> <laughs> and I will spin this for myself. I am going to land also on double taxation. So wow. I will be doing this with two constraints. Brian will be doing this with two constraints. And JDB, you'll, I mean, Dave will be doing this as a fusion. So I'm going to do this, Brian. I'm a, I'm a nice guy. What two things do you want to work with for your constraints? I think you should, I think <laughs> we should rule out slow cooker. I think baking, slow cooker baking is too stunty and gross. Look, I'm a professional baker, man. Let's make it fun. Fuck with me. It's all good. Do do what it is. All right. No, don't give me no keto, to... though. Let me use gluten, man. Let me use real flour. I'm going to make you do handmade. Okay. And I want you to hand make the instant potato flakes. 
I have a dehydrator, no problem. Ooh, that'll be fun, right? That's gonna be a legitimately yes. fun yeah. good no, one. That sounds right? that's that sounds dope. So that's all I got to do. You know what? Handmade. No. And I'm gonna make. I'm, I'm gonna. I'm gonna <laughs> gift this to you because I think this will be fun to see you do. I want you to take Dad's butterhorns. I'm basically guaranteeing you a fucking win right here. You ready for this? I want you to hand make the potato flakes and make it Lux. Ooh, Ooh yeah. baby, baby, baby. I'm going to go up to the Adirondacks and get some local potatoes. <laughs> you heard me spend 150 bucks on gas. You heard me. That sounds great. That sounds great. I'm gonna that double, sounds great. Thank you, Chris. I love it. I'm going to double tax myself, too, because I got double tax, and I'm going to go the opposite. I'm going to do budget, and I'm going to fuse this with something. Where should I fuse this dad's butterhorn recipe with? Name a place. Culturally? Culturally. Ooh, Peru. Mexico, like Cuernitos. Done. All right. So I'm going to do a or fusion. Peru. I'm going to do a do, fusion yeah, Peru. budget Mexican dad's uh, padres <laughs> butterhorn. <laughs> Papa's butterhorn. And Dave, what do we want dad's, Dave to fuse this with? Dad's tires. Uh, let's go with Peru since I already said it. All right, Peru. So is it, nice, is that too close Peruvian to Mexico or what? Great. There right. you go. God, yeah. Let's see how, Beautiful. see how efficient and effective we can be once we launch this spinoff <laughs> podcast where I am your server. Uh, <laughs> that is all we have for this episode. If you want to play along, if you're like, oh, these bozos don't know what they're doing, I can do better. We'll prove it. Join the Major Domo Media Discord server where you can spin the wheel for yourself, play along, uh, post what you're doing, share with the community, get some tips, get some discounts, vote. I think we're gonna have, there's going to be all sorts of season awards at the end of this uh, show, so that's the only place you can vote. And, uh, oh, by the way, you can see video of, of all the cooking. We're starting to put up all the videos on the Major Domo Media YouTube channel as well as on LGTVs if you should happen to have those. So like those videos, subscribe to our channel, and give this podcast five stars for Christ's sake. We could really, we could really use it. Uh, my dudes my dudes you guys uh, take care I love y'all you too